Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Steve Gamlin, who's a professional speaker, author, visualization coach, creator of the Vision Board Mastery Learning Program. Hey, Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. Nice. Well, let's get stuck into it. Can you just expand a bit more on where you are with your business today and the kind of people that you'd love to work with? Yeah, I've been a speaker for about 19 years. And I tell you, especially over the past couple of years with the pandemic and everything we dealt with, my target audience is now about age 30 to 65. A lot of people who were impacted by the past couple of years who all of a sudden have realized I don't want to go back to where I was. Maybe people work from home or hybrid or something. Mm. I hear from so many people. I want more out of my life. I don't want to go back to that. You know, the old put your head down for 35 years and retire with good benefits and a pension is just gone because people are realizing they want some reward now. They want connection. They want life to be more, not just entertaining, but rewarding to them in the process. And so many Mm. realized they were selling their souls for this fake ending that may never come. Is this, is this more that um, you found that your, your clients have, because they've, they've seen more, they've seen what's possible, or is it that fear of, oh, look at what happened. I, I, I want more of my life because it could all go away in a second and everything can change. That's two very different uh, views, right? Yeah, I what I hear more often is, oh my gosh, I got to, to be home and see my kids. I got to play with the dog during the day. I got more laundry done you know, during my breaks and better communication in their relationships. You know, maybe mm. both people, partners of a couple were working simultaneously and they each got their own little workspace and they got to see each other during the day. And there were moments that were more rewarding than just see each other in the morning, see each other at night when you're exhausted yeah. and just you know, a lack of communication. I, I believe they were able to create more little tiny wins and understand that it's not a work-life balance. There's, in the way I teach it anyway, eight major areas of life. And if you start to hit more of those, you realize you can create a more rewarding life. What, you mean rather than just focus on one area with your whole focus and let everything yeah. collapse, you have to be able to see, because surely all these things are linked in, right? So your your skill enabling people to see these different aspects and actually level up every area of their life within their situation. Yeah, and so many people say, and I talk to people in their 20s and 30s a lot, and and I'm, I'll be 55 this year, and people say, I'm going to grind for the next 10 years, and I'm going to have all this. And I asked one recently, I said, are you married, dude? He goes, yeah. I go, you won't be. Give it a year. 
you won't be. And, and he laughed and I said, it's not funny. And I said, because what you're leaving out is your physical health, your emotions, your relationships, your core values and ethics that guide you. Because sometimes in the quest for money, people compromise those. Your faith and spirituality, your connection to the world in a real way. If you're too isolated, that's going to struggle. Your work and your money. I said, and if you just think of all of these things, you're going to realize very quickly how much they all actually lean on each other like bricks in a foundation. And if you put a little effort into each one, doesn't mean you devote your life to any one of them. But if you just understand that they're all working together 24-7, wouldn't it be a good idea to actually give each one a little bit of effort every day and not let them wither and die? Because they will over time. I had a first marriage. I had a decade of my life that I worked 15 years worth of hours in and burnt myself into the ground. Mm. I blew everything up at age 35. My life was the lowest it had ever been because I just worked straight out six, seven days a week for 10 years. Wow. And absolutely fried myself. So you got an extra bit of passion into what you do and why you do it because you've you've seen the other side. You've seen what's what yeah. it's could do to you i mean i know this that sometimes the, the hustle lifestyle is glorified and there is a place for taking action we were joking offline so yeah of course there's a place for taking action you can't just sit and manifest and everything comes to you there's that duality of taking action and working within the the physical the spiritual all the laws that come your way so with your experience so let's let's go back to what you went through what was the sort of pivotal moment where you were like, this has to change. I can't continue with this way of thinking or working. I was in the radio industry as a rock morning show producer for 10 years from 92 to 02. Two years in, the radio station I worked at got sold. We all got fired. Hung out for about three depressing months, hooked up with another rock morning show. Three years later, they got sold. We all got fired. Sat in the dark for eight months depressing months before I finally picked up another gig. And mm. four years into that one, somebody came to me one day and, hey, Steve, Scott, the owner's going through a divorce. He might have to sell the radio station. And my brain just said, I'm done. I mean, I was already exhausted, fried. My yeah. marriage, due to lack of communication, was already struggling. And without even talking about it with my first wife, I gave my notice and I quit without another full-time job. And there began the spiral of my entire life blowing up over the next 18 months at the time, early 2000s. Just blew it up, was tens of thousands of dollars in debt with only a little side hustle DJ business on the weekends that was maybe making 11 grand a year at the time. Mm. And I just fell right into the ashes because I couldn't go through that again after how hard I had worked and how much pride I took in my work and how successful I'd been. I had international awards for comedy bits that I wrote and produced into just every time a station got sold to just get fired and thrown out with the garbage. Couldn't go through that again. And I figured what, what anything was, was better than that. And I was wrong. <laughs> what, what was your plan going forward? Because yeah, that being in that, that sort of spiral again and again and again, it's like, come on, give me a yeah. break. I'm, I'm done with this. So where maybe after you wallowed for a bit, maybe after you try to work out what, the hell do I do next? What did you do? What was the plan? Uh, there wasn't a plan. I, I had just built a recording studio. So I kind of said, well, I love doing copywriting and production and comedy writing and, and all that. So maybe I can use my recording studio for that. And I had mm. no idea how to construct a business doing it. 
in one afternoon, August 2003, a very hot and humid afternoon here in New Hampshire. I had $3 in my pocket and I went to a golf driving range to just beat the crap out of a bucket of golf balls. Now, I'm a horrible golfer. So I went to the farthest tee box on the property so I wouldn't dent anybody's car. And I was underneath some big, tall steel power line towers. And a thunderstorm came ripping through and everybody but me ran from the storm. And I just held my club up and looked up and I said, I dare you. Go ahead. And so I sat there, hit my bucket, the buckets of two guys who would run from the storm and not come back. And when I got back to my car, I opened the door and the rain stopped and the sun came out like that. And the next day I was on the on a phone call with a brand new life coach. And he said, how was your week? And I said, listen to this. And I, as funny as I could make it sound and very self-deprecating, because that was my self-talk at the time. I told him the story of that hour and how even God wouldn't take me out because I was making him laugh way too much at how pathetic my life was. And the coach said, have you ever thought of being a motivational speaker or stand-up comedian? I think you would love both. Two weeks later, I was in an intro to stand-up comedy class because on the, my coach's desk in the junk mail pile was a brochure for a class at a local college. And a week after that, I was at my first Toastmasters meeting and I fell in love with both. They were the last two pieces of what I wanted to do when I was 11 years old, radio DJ, stand-up comedian, write my own books and be a teacher of people. I love the way things years. kind of yeah. drop into place. God, I don't believe there's anything, no such thing as coincidences. Everything no. is there for a reason. It's just, do you have the gumption, the, the awareness to see, and then as we spoke about before, and then take action on, okay, I'm going to do this, see what it's about, whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And, and there are no accidents. It's just us being aware of opportunities and you got to use all your senses by the way to be aware of opportunities you know you you can't be staring at your shoes or at your phone or just staring into the darkness thinking there's nothing good out there you've got to keep your head up on a swivel and look for the tiniest signs but when you decide you want something better you're going to mm. start to see the opportunities you just got to get through some of the old garbage and wiring and bad self-talk because i was brutally self-deprecating for years and that's pronounced decades all the those voices in our head, aren't they oh, mean? Yeah. We, things we wouldn't Horrible. say to other people. They're, everyone has the, the these psychopaths in our head yeah. with us all the time. And yeah. you know, I want to sort of just jump quickly to, to the present day because yeah. you know, th these these things don't go away. I mean, you, you teach this. We teach this. There's an awful lot within this. We've got very different modalities and different ways of approaching things. However, it's not like one and done and yay, you've done a course or a program or you, you, you are a guru and you're fixed. No such thing. We're still having these, we have an emotional body, chemicals running through it. These things continue to happen. So how, that was a very long introduction to the question. How, how have you been able to manage, cope with, talk to though that maniac that's inside your head? Uh, it started when a friend caught me being so self-deprecating one day at his event. I was the main speaker for three days. And on the third day, I was either running out of material or in a really bad mood. And I started to tell my old stories and just got brutally, hysterically, but brutally self-deprecating. This was around mm -hmm. 2011, 2012. And I, I'd been doing that for almost the whole decade of the early 2000s. And he pulled me aside afterward. And he says, if I ever hear you talking about yourself like that again, You'll never be invited to be on a stage with me. We will not be brothers anymore. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, were you listening to what you were saying up there? I said, 
yeah. I said, they were laughing. He goes, Steve, brother, he goes, they were laughing at you and how sad that was. And he goes, how the hell can you lead people and put your life back together and build your business if you honestly believe what you're saying like that? And that has stuck with me now for more than a decade. Mm -hmm. And I real that's the day the switch got turned. Now, does my brain still sometimes go there and come up with the things that it used to say? Yeah. And that's where the imposter voice comes from. You know, like, why would anybody listen to you or this? Then, uh, but now I know all I got to do is look in the mirror and say, okay, is that true? No, it's not true. It's just that voice trying to scare me or bring me back to where I used to be or mm -hmm. get me off my game or, or put some self-doubt. Like, who do you think you are? Tony Robbins? I'm not Tony. I don't want to be Tony. I'm just me. And everything I've gone through qualifies me to do what I do and say what I say. And, and you know, as well as I know, every once in a while for $7 on social media, you can get the complete NFT, neuro, uh, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming uh, Guide and be a guru or an expert for $7. And I said, I'll tell you what, let me roll up my sleeves and show you all my dings, dents, and scars. That's what qualifies me. And going through those experiences is why now, even if the imposter voice tries to come up, mm. I can, I just got this hashtag in my head says hashtag up yours. Here's my evidence as to why you are lying. Yeah, that, that there's a big thing. The evidence as to why the voice is lying, but also I'm going to come back and question that because the voice, sometimes it doesn't lie. This, this The voice of fear or doubt is in your brain, which means it knows everything you've always done. Nothing is off the table. So if you try and combat it with, yeah. Oh, here's my proof. But yeah, but did you know back in 2001, you did this? It's it's sneaky. That's what I found with a lot yeah. of this mindset and emotional behavioral work. It is sneaky as hell. Yeah. So to be able to have these ideas, experiences, say, I've been through this. Look at my look at my scars. Look what I've been through. Look at the gifts I've been given. It's huge. But also I hold back to being able to emotionally feel it. It's all good well with the affirmations. I am enough. Um, I can do this. I am this. I mean, but if you're saying it, but you don't feel it, it's not going to do anything. It's a temporary Band-Aid. Yeah. Go one step it, further to really emotionally connect is, is a huge part of making you the speaker that you are today, right? Yeah. Yeah. And in, in what I do on stage, and you know, I always jokingly say, I'm not one of the speakers who goes, rah, 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 buy my stuff. My whole, all of my experiences, especially over the past 20 years, all come out on stage. And there's a lesson woven into each one. It's not like a therapy session where I'm exercising my demons. And my favorite question to be asked is when people come up, see me for the first time and say, hey, Steve, how do you make up those stories you share on stage? And I'll say, okay, you get a free pass on this one because you've not seen the last 20 years of my life. I go right into the deepest, darkest mistakes, screw-ups, whatever caused mm. all of this to happen. But then I celebrate it by saying, here are the lessons I learned. You know, life's like an old wooden roller coaster. You just go click, click, click. You can't start halfway up. You can't skip any steps. You got to do all the work right from the ugliness of the parking lot to the top of that first hill. And here's how I do it. And every once in a while, you miss a gear and you slip back a little. Yeah, but, but you just with, keep going. With that, that, that way of thinking, how... How hard was it for you? I don't think it's a lot easier now, but how did you get to the point where you could look at the, the results of your actions, good or bad, and be like, cool, that's another way not to do that and spin it into a positive. 
how have you been able to continue to to perceive things in that in that way it's like having the lights on your dashboard in the car when the oil gets low if i find myself sliding a bit in the past couple of years i'll be honest not having a lot of human interaction is tough you know when you're a fast-paced creative people person like i am couple of days without human contact, you get a little wonky and those thoughts start to drift back into those old days. But mm -hmm. it's like the, the warning light that comes on when you're low on oil, when I start to feel that way again, I recognize it now a lot more quickly. And I don't let the voices get out of control. I don't let myself slide down. I don't doubt myself. And there are a couple of ways I do it. If I can leave the house, I'll drive 15 minutes into town and go commit as many acts of kindness as I can in 20 minutes and have connection with real humans. And even with a smile, a kind word, a compliment, holding a door, I'm plugged right back into the best version of me. And some people think, oh, that's very simplistic. It's what works for me. And I do that at least once or twice a week. Or if I'm not able to get away, if my schedule is so full, I'll start leaving voicemails for people. My favorite people in the world sharing my favorite memories of the weirdest stuff we've survived or gone through. And I'll just make them as funny and positive as possible. And every single time when I hang up that phone, I'm in a better place. So, so this is your, recognizing it. That's your recharge. That's a couple yeah. of tactics for you. I mean, find your own. There's, there's a gazillion out there, everyone. But yeah. find the ones that work for you. The, the random acts of kindness sounds amazing. And you said one thing in there. It's simple. Spoiler. Yeah. All of this is simple. We humans have a tendency to overcomplicate everything <laughs> so yes we do it is simple didn't say it was easy but it is simple um so let's go down that rabbit hole how have you been able to simplify your life now i mean your your business isn't one and done you're you're still growing you're still evolving you're going on to a next journey so with this next journey how are you taking the lessons and being able to to apply that to grow, to do the things that you want to do now? The biggest lesson I learned, and it came from a book named Rocket Fuel, was there are visionaries and integrators. Visionaries are the people who see where you want the business to be and how you want to be in it and the voice of it, the sound of it, the feel of it. The integrators are the people who can build the website, the systems, the CRM, customer mm -hmm. database, and all of those things. And I tried to do it all for about 15 years and was, I am not an integrator. I'm a hardcore visionary. Mm -hmm. And over the past five or six years, I finally started to build relationships with the people who could take my vision and just look at me and say, yeah, Steve, that's this and this and this, we can do that in, in you know, a day or two, we can build yeah. all that for you. That has unlocked so much because for years I cobbled together a website. And it wasn't very good and it didn't work well. And I was afraid to send people to the site. So what did I do? I didn't send people to the site. What does that do? Does not help my business grow. And I kept so what, saying- I when jump in right there. Yeah, yeah. What was it? What was it that, that stopped you? Was it, was it fear? Was it doubt? Was it money? Was it scarcity? What was it that made you continue to wear all the hats in your business? Uh, scarcity mindset thinking, well, the business isn't doing well enough for me to be able to afford somebody. So I'll just cobble it together. Meanwhile, I cobble it together and it's a site that's so embarrassing. I won't send people to it, which means the business can't grow. So you're just chasing your tail mm. for the longest time. And then the same person who called me out for being self-deprecating on stage reached out to me one day. He said, Hey man, how's your vision board program? I said, dusty. He goes, 
what do you mean? I said, I have the last physical copy of it. It's sitting over there on the shelf, totally covered in dust. What happened to your website? I go, well, it was on Bluehost. It got hacked by Chinese porn and shut down. And he said, I think it's time to introduce you to this gentleman that he knew named Lonnie Robinson, who became my mentor for about two, three years. He passed away uh, two years ago, but he got me back at least moving in the right direction mm. where it started to build. And I was in awe of what he could do. And he would tell me all the time, brother, I wish I could do what you do. And together we started to build it. And that's when it started to catch on. And then the pandemic happened and things, you know, as far as live events went back down, we switched over to doing everything virtually. And I didn't know how to do any of this when I started like anybody else, but all of a sudden that became a strength. And I surrounded myself with, I've got a new web designer now, a new CRM designer, and we've got some amazing things happening. So from the three years of darkness with the wrecking ball, taking you out at the kneecaps to now putting it back on track with good positive self-talk and realizing that connection is just a phone call or a trip into town away. If there's nothing, you know, no events happening. Mm. I'm in a better place now than I was even a year ago, putting things back together, getting back out there, getting my voice heard and not listening to that voice that just says, why would anybody listen to you? Love that. So you are, you are right at the edge of rebuilding, putting this, realigning where you're going, what you're doing, and you found your feet again, which is beautiful to see. So where's your area of focus now? Where's the challenge that you're like, ah, it's still taking your energy. You still haven't quite found the, the right way, methodology, person, whatever it might be to, to help you overcome this barrier. Getting back out on stages, uh, a lot of momentum has been lost by, by mm -hmm. not being a part of live events for the past couple of years, because every time I was on a stage somewhere, it generally led to another opportunity. Yeah. So when that all got quiet, all of a sudden it's me going out knocking doors again, um, doing that and a coaching, a virtual coaching program I had a couple of years ago that kind of sputtered out. We, we didn't really have it super organized. We're relaunching that this year. So there's a group coaching aspect and then a higher tiered price one-on-one -on -one coaching aspect. And I've got new clients coming into that now in the one-on-one. -on -one, so I need to relaunch the group coaching for people who may have a smaller budget, may have smaller needs, may not to be, you know, need as much attention. So that's going to be a big rollout over the next three months is getting that going again. So it's, it's the little boxes that got to check. It's making sure the technology works and it's all the stuff that my integrators are going through it mm. so that I can do what I do on top of it and make sure now that the whole machine works behind the scenes. Nice. And then, so that's been taken care of. You can see things coming through. The momentum is starting to pick back up. Yeah. And how are you helping yourself? How are you managing you? Because until you can completely release yourself from the business, you're still the most important cog asset within your business as everyone out there solopreneur, CEO, you are the most important thing. So don't forget to take care of yourself. How are you doing this for you right now to make sure that you can stay, as you said, as the best version of yourself? Yeah, 21 months ago, I weighed 247 very soggy pounds, um, was drinking an extremely tall rum and coke every night, going through a bottle of 94 proof rum a week. And had just joined a significant investment into an entrepreneurial networking education uh, group and decided, you know, I really do not like the way I look in the mirror. 
that was the heaviest I've ever been in my life. I'm six foot two, so I could kind of carry it, but I did not like the person I saw in the mirror. I was tired all day long. Neck was out to here. I had a CPAP machine because my body kept doing something really annoying, which was stopping breathing six times a night, an hour, all night long. Mm. Bad for your heart. So I just said no to alcohol. Haven't had a drop since. Started walking one to five miles a day. And then when the winter came, started walking here in the basement and out to the garage. Got some dumbbells, some resistance bands. We got a Peloton bicycle upstairs that I absolutely love. And have been on this healthy journey, drinking fruit smoothies in the morning, giving uh, fast food restaurants the McFinger on the way by and just laughing about that. And building better habits has mm. been the greatest thing. I'm down 26 pounds, feeling good. The energy is great. My voice is better. Every Everything is just better. And like I was talking about the eight areas of life, when you take care of one, it can impact the others in a positive way. And that has been the biggest win, the greatest win of the past almost two years is reclaiming my health, which has made everything else better. Awesome. Look, Steve, thank you for sharing your journey and everything about your business and, and personal life, because it's it's amazing to hear how you only recently have been able to make so many changes, put everything right back together. And now you're in a place where you know, 2023, holy crap, this is going to be so awesome. So I wish you all the luck and all the success as you continue to move forward through your through your transitions. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I truly appreciate it. This is a great conversation. Ah, you're welcome. Uh, if you want to find out a bit more about you, your programs and what you do, where can they find you? Nice and easy at stevegamlin.com. And that's G-A-M-L-I-N. Super stuff. Well, thanks again for being here. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.